0: Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, I'm Orion Lavelle. And
1: I'm Travis Manningly. And we fucked up. <laughs> we f- sure We sure done did. fucked it up. I don't know if we We didn't fuck it up. We didn't fuck no, it up. No,
0: technology it's... failed us. Our our sa- our safety and security has failed us. Uh we have now we've now fumbled from the innocence of youth into the experience, and dare I say cynicism of old age.
1: <laughs> it's been nothing but cynicism for
0: yeah, because uh one of our our computers exploded uh and we ended up losing this entire episode. So here we are, back at it again. Brittany's back. Uh guess who's back? Eminem. What else we got? Uh I can't uh, back from outer space. Yeah, Cake. Cake had a good cover of that. That's true. We're talking about the Garistro. We're talking about the Garistro, which unlike the previous episode, is incapable of getting lost. Uh, kind of, so, so there's something to chew on. (laughs) You know what? You got me there. Yeah. It's a minotaur. It's basically a minotaur. It's a demonic minotaur. Uh, I, I do like it quite a bit. Yeah.
1: I remember liking it a lot. (laughs) It's
0: quite a good, I mean, I like minotaurs. I don't, I, I do know why it's because of House of Leaves. I love minotaurs because of Ah, House of Leaves. I still gotta read that. Uh, yeah, read it, read it. In fact, pause (laughs) this episode, go and read, uh, Mark Z. Danielski's seminal work, House of Leaves and then we'll come back when we're all a little bit more Minotaur literate. In the meantime, the D&D 5th edition uh, 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 Garistro, the D&D 5th edition Garistro is a uh, sort of like a, it becomes, as we find, like a progenitor to the Minotaur. It's not like, it is Minotauric in its own way, but it also is like Grandpa Minotaur, and in some ways feels like if you want to do like a big Minotaur arc, which like seems desirable, like I'd be down for a Minotaur adventure path oh yeah this could as well as just being a neat demon and fits nicely into demon ecology and like demon military structure in a neat way it also could just be the cool and boss of your minotaur campaign yeah, a big minotaur chieftain yeah um, but it's a demon yeah of sorts and again like boy i just wish there was a little index at the end of the monster manual that was like here's all the monsters by association right like here's right. all of the this is all of the underwater monsters or like all of the like here's Abolus and Chules because they are linked together in the lore like lore association like a real codex yeah of sorts where like here's minotaurs and here's Garistros and here's Abolus and here's Chules and here's vampires and vampire and all the things that you know fit together in that way so get on it Merles stop fucking around Merles
1: Mr. was it Crawford yeah Uh, I
0: forgot his last name for a second Jeremy I love your work but stop (laughs) stop fucking around (laughs) We lost the first Garistro, and now we're fucking loose cannons. Back, hungry for more. We're. Uh, it's like um, I don't know, John Wick Two. No, it's not like John it's, Wick Two, but it's, it's like nothing like John Wick. What about like um, <laughs> it's like what like has a really weird tone shift? It's like Knights of the Old jack, Republic. It's two. like Jack Two. Jack Two. Oh yeah, like Jack and Yeah, it's like we're Jack back, Two. But now we're edgy, and we're mm. like, I'm
1: gonna kill him. Yeah,
0: um, I'm yeah. I'm edgy, Daxter, and you can be edgy, Jack. We're put... do,
1: I, do I have to be? You must. <laughs> oh god damn it. You
0: must be that. Let's start the episode. the whole rest of the
1: episode like this. Stone. <laughs> <laughs> just for, for your own safety, yeah. I
0: feel like that would You're damage right. your, your poor voice. Probably. So, artistically, the Garistro is a big red demon minotaur, which, like, big red furry thing seems to be, like, the artistic modus operandi for demons. Right? It mostly seems like, uh, if they're not, like, spiky and scaly, they are just, like, furry, right? Like, or at least I seem to remember, like, Maybe it's just because of the the Barbara, but They're, I feel like like well all right well the Baylor is red. And yeah, I was gonna say hair. big and
1: red. Big and red is a theme for the first like one two, three four. Yeah. We've covered four and yeah. there's another after this of big red demon things. Yeah,
0: big big and red and variously fluffy seems to be a pretty common design cue. Oh, and bangles. Oh yes, yeah, uh, also bangles. Make no mistake, this is a bangled boy. Uh, both both on the legs and also on its horns because as we mentioned it's shaped like a minotaur so if you can imagine a minotaur it's got the bull lower half a dude middle half and then a bull top half of sorts yeah bullish bull-like it's got the horns it definitely has like a little snoot it definitely has the snoot it's of a bull
1: the it's it's like a the snoot of a bull but pug faced in
0: yeah in. yeah it's smushed a little bit and then like the rest of it is just like angry monster it's got like Godzilla face like it's got angry dude face you know <laughs> right yeah I feel like we've seen that on a couple of demons or am I just like it's been a little bit since the last time we recorded this episode I feel like Balor Balgara kind of has that quality well, the-, the,
1: the Hezro the yeah, Which is next. the Glabrezu had sort of, like, the same angry red face with yeah. sharp teeth, but, like... Yeah, not quite the Glabrezu, but, like, the he-
0: the Hezro. There's an awful lot of just, like, <laughs> animal-adjacent, sharp-toothed dude faces. Not yeah. the Kazmi. Don't be showing that at me. I know, but then you panned over to Kazmi <laughs> as if to say, What about this, shithead? <laughs> And I get it. All right. It's de- demonology is a law of of exceptions. What I suppose I mean to say is that it is interesting that they went for what feels like a more generic dude face as opposed to just going whole hog into to bull
1: physiology
0: physiology.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, that was a theme that I had with a lot of demons is that I feel like this one doesn't lean Enough too to heavily either way. Yeah. Yeah 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 I'll buy that. I mean, like
0: it's not bad. it just looks badass
1: yeah it's it's not it doesn't look demonic. it looks mythological yeah so. yeah
0: yeah, yeah well, like sort of mythological it looks like like 2000s mythological. It looks like the <laughs> Beowulf CGI was, version yeah, of mythological. I'll
1: give you that it looks like um what was the 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 black sheep of the God of War franchise judgment I think like, uh, like Ascension the, Ascension yeah that was yeah. probably it like God of War Ascension yeah like the the buff minotaur from that Just yeah like oh this looks cool
0: yeah it looks <laughs> cool and angry I don't know whatever it's
1: got gold stuff on
0: it I can' it's been a couple <laughs> weeks so like we lost this episode and well we recorded this episode a few weeks ago and then we lost it and I don't remember what the previous versions of the Greystro look like but I can imagine like the fourth and fifth edition look pretty functionally similar because that looks like a 4e ass. Demon fourth right edition
1: there. fourth edition looks like a. so if this garistro looks like it's from god of war the fourth edition looks like it's from darksiders
0: oh it's like oh. bigger
1: hornier is... <laughs> spikier julier yeah,
0: Julia. yeah. Ugh, monster designs are bad and then third edition or third edition is just just a minotaur. just a minotaur just a big minotaur <laughs>
1: second edition is like a folklore oh minotaur. fuck i love yeah, that second, second edition is so good
0: god i love that always <laughs> always give me the weird like Guillermo de Toro, Pan's Labyrinth kind of mythological version of the creature. That's something I'm always into. I don't necessarily want to fight, like, a big, muscly badass. I want to fight, like, weird shit.
1: What's funny is that, like, since all of these old 2nd edition, are, pretty much everyone is in, like, black and white or a monotone. I wish that they had been, like, B-side drawings yeah, on the 5th right? edition pages. I wouldn't tell like, if like you just
0: wanted to, yeah. a
1: fake sketchbook of, like, yeah, this is what it looked like for sure next yeah. to what it actually looks like. <laughs> yeah, and that's
0: another, like, angle of appreciating the art in these books is these these drawings that we get. I kind of like the idea that they're not, well, obviously, like in the 5e monster manual this is what it looks like there's no like authorship claim there but i like the idea of doing like maybe if they'd done it in volo's guide where all of the monsters were just like you know <laughs> sketches or whatever yeah. from from somebody who obviously has a character and a stake in the thing
1: a field journal of yeah sorts.
0: i feel like that would be a fun angle to take some of these things So, yeah, so it's red, it's furry, it's got bangles all over it, it's got claws, it's got big long teeth, it's got, like, a nose ring and stuff. Again, like, give me that adventure hook where we learn who jewels all these demons. (laughs) It's something I'm, like, particularly interested in now.
1: Yeah, the demon jeweler.
0: Yeah. It's pretty good. They probably have, like, an azer or something that they've just, like, kidnapped and put into the abyss.
1: That sounds like the the perfect NPC to, like, rescue and bring out...
0: Like that could be a hook, yeah.
1: At any rate, he also has a beard. Yeah, it's
0: got a beard. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want from me? It, it's not quite minotauric enough to be like.
1: Oh, this is a direct
0: thing. Yeah. So, like, some of the best things, some of the most fun I've had looking at some of these monsters is they either have to be really weird or like very conceptually resonant, right? So, like, when we, so like when it's a minotaur or a cyclops, it's like mythological in a way that is powerful just because it's in the zeitgeist right like it's just like been instilled in my brain that this monster is powerful right but since it's not quite a minotaur and not quite a interesting demon it's not it just looks kind of generic to me
1: it kind of looks like a watered down doom demon
0: yeah (laughs) and you know what i do kind of like that it does kind of look like a doom demon which i can get behind (laughs) um but like i i feel like even with well i don't know it's difficult to say when it. jeez, Doom and D&D are two separate, you know, tonal entities. So, like, if you were to take this demon exactly as it is and put it in Doom, I'd probably like it more because that's an aesthetic that I'm here for when I play Doom. The big angry. Yeah, drama. big angry, <laughs>
1: smush faced, angry teeth. Like. But usually when
0: I play DD, I'm in it for, like, D&D adventures or, like, you know, character drama or, like, you know, intrigue or even when it is dungeon crawl time. I want the stakes to be lower, right? Like, I want to be afraid of just a regular orc and right. not necessarily, you know, try to have intimidation be the order of the day. I'm not looking for epic fantasy. You're looking, I'm looking for, for like
1: folklore fantasy. Yeah, like, like, like the... Witcher
0: dark fantasy or like Dark Souls dark fantasy where it's grounded or at least like, you know, does more with less. Right. Which is just not something we often get with uh, with a fair few of the artistic representations that we've had. But oh well. In terms of the lore, moving on to the mechanical stuff. No, I'm kidding. Uh,
1: So what we get is... For a second, you got me.
0: Yeah, what we got is, you know, the Garistro, the book tells us it resembles a big fiendish minotaur towering more than 20 feet tall. Yep. These guys, uh, when they are, you know, when they're bought into the central horde, when they've sipped the demon Kool-Aid and become, (laughs) you know, part of the bigger demon army, they usually function as, like, siege engines, right? They're big angry, destructive things, and consequently can be used to, like, smash walls, or break ballistae, or whatever. They're they're basically used to destroy structures, and we find that to be true in the mechanical stuff, which is, you know, one of the things that makes Garistros interesting. Furthermore, the book tells us that Garistros possess preternatural cunning when navigating labyrinthine passages and shifting corridors, and will often, you know, are often capable of pursuing prey within these areas that are not conducive to regular life. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, and that's the thing that I I think is the fun adventure hook specific to Gristros, which is to do more or less Minotaur shit, but on a greater scale. So it's kind of a shame that we're doing these guys first before Minotaurs, because I think, you know, a fun thing to do with a Minotaur, and especially with a DD and d Minotaur, whose brain is formatted to be able to understand mazes as soon as they walk through them, I like the idea of the players being pac-man <laughs> and the minotaur is the ghost, <laughs> the ghost is kind of what i'm down <laughs> for i like the idea of like oh we've got to make it through this labyrinth we got to make it through them through the maze every now and again we hear a rumbling and we don't know what it is but it's getting closer <laughs> and then every now and again everybody has to like oh fuck duck into a side passage make like a little stealth check as this big shambling thing with horns you know stalks on by and then moves on and it becomes this like, it's the same sort of idea as like fighting a shark in the ocean where you're, you know, you're in conflict with this thing that is much more capable at being
1: in this environment than you are. Right. And it's, it's always fun to think about the idea of just like this horrifying walk through a maze where you're getting lost, you keep hearing a noise, it keeps getting closer, but like ahead and behind you, nothing and then the noise stops yeah and then just through the wall yeah exactly (laughs) and and that's the other fun thing you can do so
0: like mechanically there's this thing that every now and again a monster gets where it's called like siege weapon or siege something hold on what is it
1: Siege monster. great
0: you you were there (laughs) boom Uh, got it to the 90 yard line every now and again there'll be a monster that has the trait called siege monster which lets it do double damage on structures and like sizable objects uh, and I do like the idea of, you know, with this trait, the the Garistro is capable of just tearing through a wall and suddenly <laughs> doing that big explosive surprise round where it just, it knows you're on the other side of the wall because it has a crazy brain and could just punch through it and, whoa, fuck! <laughs> you know, the, the D&D equivalent of a jump scare.
1: Yeah. I, I was like, Kool-Aid man. And I was like, what's something that's not the Kool-Aid man? And my, my poll went to Adam Jensen from ah deus ex where you have just you punch through a wall and kill someone through the wall
0: i didn't i did not play those days that ex is games. sure
1: a thing that so I,
0: cool so kool-aid man for everybody <laughs> but deus ex guy for, for the, me yeah only me and only, for me. Travis, and only <laughs> travis so yeah so so that's a good that's a good fun that's a good fun. With. The book tells us that within a larger combat encounter, the Garistro also can operate something like a tank, like literally a, a, like a, what am I thinking, like a transport? Uh,
1: what's the, what's the word... Mauser tank is that a thing? Or whatever Panzer tank, that's the word. (laughs) But yes, like a physical construct tank.
0: Yeah, to literally like carry things from one place to another. It's a goddamn like warthog, (laughs) where it can. That's that's a Halo reference for for Orion, Uh, where it just you know a couple of them or like one of them just has a big. It's the Lord of the Rings thing where just a bunch of them put a big old tent on their back and it carries just a whole. You know, it's got like an infant carrier of like. (laughs) you know 10 demons a palanquin
1: full of little demons with shitty bows exactly exactly
0: and so that that is another function of these things where it can also bring other demons into the fight if it's in a larger combat thing or like dare i say a big army battle which is kind of what the gristro like i said it's what it's built for more or less it's kind of built for big military conflicts which yeah. is a cool side of D that i don't often see and i kind of wish i would you know i'd like to play a big helm's deep fight every now and again
1: yeah it's definitely not something you could do often but if you pulled it out every once in a while and it had a bunch of cool shit like this in it
0: like... yeah i think it could be work and, and that's what makes the garistro special is that once it's in play you immediately have an objective for a greater helm's deep fight like you know if you as the dm say here's this kind of demon that's very good at tearing down walls and will be a big problem while you're holding out against the demon horde behind this, you know, in this citadel or whatever. I think that what will keep the entire encounter from feeling a little too weird in macros, right, because D&D is not built to, you know, what are you going to do, take a turn for every single soldier Mm -hmm. on the field? No, I think as long as you keep the player's organized with specific objectives like kill the gristro it's important for the siege i think that's a good way to run those those larger scale battles uh and i and i appreciate that there are certain monsters that are built for what seems like larger scale battles specifically so that there are objectives within them for sure so yeah, so he can do in in terms of what the the lore tells us, he can do the the Lord of the Rings thing. It can do the the smush thing. It can be a fun Minotaur fight. In addition to like that, I mean, like we get some demon stuff here and there. I I imagine this one would be a fun summon, just because it's so not about being in things. <laughs> and I love the idea of like, you know, it just like smashing through the floor or some like you know trying to contain this thing that cannot be contained. I, I think that would be kind of a fun arc if like... Right, so like when you bind a demon, they're stuck on that area, right? They're stuck. In, it's like a sphere. It's not like a cage, right?
1: I think so, yes.
0: So they could, the Garistro couldn't dig down, couldn't dig his way out?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. That's a
0: shame. I like the <laughs> idea of, well, at least just like through sheer like force of will, it just bashes its horns against the thing a thousand <laughs> times until suddenly the magic shatters and the the wizard loses concentration or something, that could be some fun. Um, yeah. And then, you know, it's a big, because compared to uh, some of the other demons, this feels particularly destructive. And, right, you know, these this could level a town. In oh, for sure. Very, very quickly. So I think that could be a fun angle where one, you know, because that's the fun of the demon summoning story is not, oh, we get some answers and then it goes away. It's we get some answers, it hates us. And then one day it breaks free and we got to deal with the fallout. <laughs> And in terms of just sheer, like, shock and awe, like, this could be a really fun moment, especially, you know, like a like an Imon kind of thing for you Critical Role folks, mm. where, like, the players come home expecting to find their their favorite NPC wizard and that Garistro <laughs> they summoned, and then everything's just flat, and there is, like, rubble all over. Paint,
1: red paste. Oh, yeah. That's
0: <laughs> the remnants of that person. And then, it, you know, now it's personal, and they've got to track down this thing that is Taking a war path through the entire countryside and who knows how many villages, that could be a fun time. Especially since like the Garistro is getting on in levels. Like this could be a big fight if the team is a little bit underleveled for it, right? Like oh, yeah. this it's a CR-17 monster. If the if the party is, you know, average level fourteen or level fifteen, this could be a really cool big boss fight of pretty, sorts.
1: Pretty dangerous too, just because yeah. it's so yeah, and powerful. Yeah,
0: yeah, and some of my encounter ideas kind of run in parallel with the the siege monster stuff, uh, but we'll get into that in just a second. Because unless you have any other good adventure hooks in your brain, we'll move on to the mechanical stuff.
1: None that don't also apply to encounter ideas. So I think.
0: Cool. Let's rock it. <laughs> So mechanically, the Gristro is a huge fiend. It's the big, it's the three squares, baby. That's a three by three for nine total squares. Nine squares of raw damage. Jesus, I don't want (laughs) to... No, just... (laughs) It's like... I don't want. I like be a caster like, not not in the like wizard sense but like a sports caster like,
1: a, like an e-sports caster. Yeah. Like, oh they brought out the garistro yeah
0: yeah that's just like how. Oh, come on so I ain't got the energy for it. that I don't have that much testosterone dude just let me let me live my life uh, it's chaotic evil in alignment it's demon wait come on it's got <laughs> <laughs> come on can you tell this is the second time we've recorded
1: this the the mood of the whole come on come on (laughs) pay attention
0: so it's a cr 17 monster it's got a natural ac of 19 because we're getting to the big numbers now it has an about average hp of 310 and a pretty quick run speed of 40 feet which is gonna be pursuant to the special things that it does um, in terms of its stats, we're getting into the, you know, it's about what you would expect from a big hulking monster. It's got Crazy High Strength, Crazy High Constitution, uh, and then Average Wisdom, average, well, you know, about average. A, little, a bit above Average Wisdom, a bit above Average Charisma, and then OK decks and Low Intelligence, like you would expect. Uh, in terms of its saving throw bonuses, it's got Crazy Bonuses to Strength and Constitution, and then OK Bonuses to decks and Wisdom. Once again, the casters are going to be shoestrung by the by the dexterity and the constitution saving throws uh which is unfortunate and again is well not unfortunate it could be unfortunate if you've done a big demon arc yeah do without what you will
1: as i'm sure we will say in many episodes to come just don't do a lot of demon stuff in a row for a very long time if you have a lot of casters in your party (laughs) yeah which you will
0: because it's dungeons and dragons
1: there are dragons
0: there are dragons and dungeons boy it would be nice We've talked about this a couple of times, but it would be kind of cool to do like a cone the barbarian low magic sword and sorcery thing. Like most of us are fighters and rogues and, you know, to some extent rangers, and then we have like one sorcerer, yeah. and they're
1: weird. Just get all the low magic classes together and maybe maybe one is sorcerer the lowest magic of the magic classes. Ah, uh, warlock. <laughs> all right, we don't need
0: We don't need to bring up we don't, up, need, we don't to need to. to this. Don't say the W word. <laughs>
1: I think sorcerers because they're like a kind of like, oh, they're yeah. blood. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. A low magic like barbarians and fighters game would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Because like that would make stuff like this be. Yeah. Bigger. Bigger, feeling, scarier, like scarier and. More yeah, and you wouldn't epic. have
0: to. Yeah. And you wouldn't have to worry about shafting your casters. Yeah. um It has a plus seven perception bonus, making its passive perception 17, which is quite good try sneaking by that rogues but at this point you're at level you know 15 to 17 so you can sneak by <laughs> anything. So... like a
1: 36 or 40 stealth every time.
0: Yeah I don't know. Uh, you know here's a, a way to kind of make your rogues feel like maybe something can possibly see them.
1: <laughs> In terms
0: of its resistances it gets what you'd expect for a demon. It gets the cold, the fire, and the lightning resistances and then it also gets the bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical weapons resistances as well. And then on top of that it gets the immunity to poison and immunity to the poison condition.
1: Your body language is
0: screaming. Mm-hmm. Come on. guy, want to be done with demons. <laughs> no, I'm like, so like, we we just recorded the Nalfeshni episode a couple days ago. And like, some of these demons are still quite cool and I enjoy them. It's just, I don't know, how do I make saying this interesting after 80 times?
1: <laughs> you Well, you probably just go... From damage resistances all the way down to condition immunities, it's exactly the same as the rest.
0: Exactly. <laughs> it has dark vision out to 120 feet, and again, it has that pretty good passive perception. At this point, I, you know, some of the, the more castery demons have true sight, and it's interesting to me that this, you know, because I feel like, alright, so hold on, let me finish the rest of this and then I'll talk about it for a mm-hmm. second. In terms of its languages, it just gets abyssal and it does not get the telepathy. Even Which, like a small a small one, like it has, yep. veins or anything. Yep, it has no telepathy. And my general, like my deepest lore theory, uh is the the same reason why I like minotaurs. I like the idea that the 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 Gristro and the Minotaur, because they are capable of like making their way through labyrinths and in the Gristro's case, shifting corridors, like it explicitly says, it can navigate through shifting corridors that like the abyss will change around it and it can still like you know it's in tune with it i like the idea that the the Gristro's brain is just hardwired such that it is it is such an embodiment of chaos that even like it, its brain is alien to other brains and consequently <laughs> it is unable to communicate in that way
1: <laughs> like it like the idea that it has a telepathy, but it only works between other guristas. Yeah, or, it's so. or like it's <laughs> like just radio static. Yeah, there's just... no
0: even like they can't like. Maybe it has a telepathy, but you can't figure it out, yeah. right?
1: It's a channel that doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, I like it. It's channel negative one. <laughs> I I think that's cool, and I think that is the the way, reason why I kind of wish it had a true side as well is because if it is so like. So to my mind, the reason why demons have this magic resilience or magic resistance uh, is because they are so, you know, like to my mind, you know, magic comes from the weave, which is like string theory. You know, there's an order to it and everything flows in this particular way. And then demons are just like, and they're all over (laughs) and they don't follow like a real order. And I think that's what, you know, to my mind, that is what makes a demon resilient to magic. It is like inherently disorderous and Pursuant to that, I wish they had the true sight, because to my mind, the the true sight is like the final expression of their magic resistance.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and so, you know, I wish they had the true sight. Whatever. It
1: but- also would make a lot of sense on the grease chart, just because like, uh, well, I guess it's being able to navigate passages is more about insight than sight. But I think that the ability to literally see through illusions. illusions and like all of that stuff to get where it's going, yeah. true sight would have made sense. Yeah, literally. yeah. There
0: are. I feel like there are a lot of demon labyrinths that would have illusory walls in the Dark Souls fashion, and it it makes sense to me. Like to make this thing feel more at home in a dungeon. Uh, give that baby, give that baby some of that true sight. Yeah. Yeah. So come on, Merles, <laughs> Crawford, uh, Perkins, yeah. um, Kate Welsh. Uh, yeah, Kate Welsh now, yeah. Uh, who else is? Who's that one guy? Um, he,
1: the D and D Beyond guy. Yeah. Who's that, that guy? Name. I don't
0: know his name either. He's got <laughs> cats. I remember he has cats. Uh, all of you, basically all of you. all of you. Yeah. Get get your ass a Mercer. You count now. <laughs> get on it. Uh, in terms of the traits that the Greastro has, there are a lot of them. Get get your shields ready, cause this Greestro's come packing. I'm so I want to kill myself. <laughs> uh trait number the first it gets charge where if the gristro we see this sometimes for bull like monsters the gristro being a bull like monster is no exception uh if the gristro moves at least 15 feet straight toward a target and then hits it with a gore attack which is an action that it can take uh on the same turn as it does this charge the target will take an extra 38 70 10 piercing damage um if the target you know, if the target's a creature as opposed to an object, which the the Garistro could very well target, uh, the creature must succeed on a DC 21, which is quite, quite, quite good. uh, DC 21 strength saving throw or be pushed up to 20 feet away and knocked prone.
1: Which is a very large distance to be pushed away.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) we're, we're dealing with a pretty high scale monster. I like the idea, you know, this is kind of a movement centric battle in some degrees because not only are you dealing with Well, we'll get to some of the other parts, but even just here, right, you as the DM have to be calculating, like, how much movement can I get for a charge, you know, what is in the way, what, you know, what could be bad if I can push the players into, and what would be bad for me to get cornered by. So, like, you know, if a cliff is in here and the Garistro knocks somebody off the cliff 20 feet out, they fall down the cliff. And they're, you know, already, and like, and, and this is already in addition to the fact that it's immune to poison, so you can have poison traps and all this stuff, and you're probably, right. you know, you could very well be in a labyrinth that has all sorts of dungeon traps and shit. There's quite a lot that the book gives you already that could feed into a larger Gristro encounter that I like quite a bit, without even getting into the weird stuff that we'll get into in a second.
1: Also, it's uh, knocking them back 20 feet and prone which means that anybody that's not a barbarian monk or rogue with movement speed increases will not be able to reach the Greastro again on the next turn. Yeah. Which is perfect for, like, God, this fighter will not leave me the fuck alone.
0: Yeah, in some ways it's kind of cool and defensive. I didn't think about that the first time around, but that is quite cool. Yeah. Uh, second trait it gets is its flavor trait. It's called Labyrinthine Recall. The Greastro can perfectly recall any path it has traveled. So this is, you know, this is what lets it live in the labyrinth. Uh, I can kind of see this being weaponized in a cool way within like a castle or something like that, where you know the gouristro can just do one little lap around your 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 home base or whatever, and suddenly it knows exactly where it is. I don't know. That's not. I feel like it wouldn't really come up, but I I'm I'm fine with this. You know, at least it gets a flavor trait, right? Like Absolutely, we've got yeah. we've had plenty of demons that don't get their special flavor thing, but yeah, but yeah. It's also, it should be mentioned that this is the same thing that minotaurs get. Uh, and previously, like, we we mentioned this at the very beginning, but I do believe it was the case. I forget the details. We talked more at length about this the first time we recorded it. But uh, Garistros were, like, the progenitor minotaur. And somehow, like, uh, like, as I recall, minotaurs are cultists in worship of the demons. And minotaurs in the D&D world transform into minotaurs. Once they've sworn fealty to this this Minotaur demon, at least I I seem to recall that's what it is.
1: Well, that was what we said that it should be. I don't remember if that was what it is, and I'm real. I'm trying. <laughs> several, yeah, several weeks ago when
0: we did this episode the first time, I I looked it up. Hold on, give me a second. Uh, so yeah, so there the the Gristro is like the in some regards the like the granddaddy of Minotaurs, uh, and consequently, you know. It's like a genetic thing passed on. And it kind of makes me want a little bit more Garistro lore just to have context for minotaurs. Yeah. But uh, I guess we'll get into the detailing when we do minotaurs down the road. And who knows what's in the Volo's Guide. I've since forgotten. In addition to the recall, the Garistro, get this, the demon has the magic resistance. What? Where it has the advantage on the saving throws against the spells and the other magical effects. This makes the caster sad, but it's fine every now and again. (laughs) don't over-rely on it. (laughs) Okay, And then very lastly, the other big important thing is the siege monster trait, where the Gristro deals double damage to objects and structures, making this thing within like a larger battle more dangerous, and in fact can put some more interesting objectives into the encounter by itself, right? Um, So like, you know, instead of just kill the monster, it could be keep the monster from destroying the hospital, full of all the orphans, the orphan hospital.
1: Protect the village. Exactly.
0: And on and on. Um, In terms of its actions, the Garistro gets a multi-attack, where it can make three attacks. Two with its fist, and one with its hoof. And the fists have a pretty, pretty, pretty high accurate, plus 13 to hit, uh, and and a reach of 10 feet as well, since since it's a big monster. It does 20, 3d8 plus 7 bludgeon damage. The hoof also has a pretty accurate plus 13 to hit. It does not have the reach because it's got its little stubby little legs. Um, <laughs> isn't it, wasn't that a thing that the Minotaurs in Oblivion did as well? They would just, like, kick you?
1: Yeah, I think so. That's weird. It's so, like, <laughs>
0: top-heavy. Thinking about it kicking me is very strange. <laughs> just
1: a Garistro falling over. Wow. <laughs>
0: Um, it it does twenty three three d ten plus seven bludgeoning damage, and if the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC twenty one strength saving throw or be knocked prone. Like the charge, the the DC is quite high, and this kind of in in some way like resonates with the the that that central siege engine siege monster kind of trait, where you'll notice that between the charge and the hoof, which it can do you know it can do either any turn it wants to basically. Uh, there's an awful lot of limiting movement, and that feels intentional, right? If the idea is to keep the Garistro from just tearing into this thing, I'm imagining something more like a like a wave battle, right? Where the Garistro starts on the other side of town, we've got to keep it from destroying the big important tower, uh, but the entire time it's knocking us over, <laughs> so <laughs> it's becoming, you know, that is the the challenge is, you know, how can we ration movement? Uh, how can we <laughs> ration movement? and keep ourselves from you know getting getting bowled over and instead redirecting or murdering this goristro before it destroys the thing we need
1: that made me think of like a static camera facing one direction in a village as like five adventures <laughs> and then one goes flying back the other <laughs> way It's <laughs> <That's>
0: pretty good <laughs> pretty good uh lastly the last action it gets is gore where it uses its horns it also has a plus 13 to hit it's got the 10 foot reach and it does 45, 70, 10, plus 7 piercing damage. Uh, so all, all combined, the damage budget is quite a bit below average, but they are very accurate. And since, you know, since half of the team is probably going to be knocked prone half of the time, the the Greestro is pretty likely to hit with most of, if not all of its attacks on every turn.
1: Yeah. And like, <clears throat> it's most likely to hit with all of its attacks. And also it seems to be built more for the siege monster part than like, Fighting the people, yeah. Because when dealing damage to structures, it's dealing above the average. Yeah, like it's dealing pretty quite a lot of above damage. The like, average yeah. Yeah. per round. So
0: yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. So it's pretty. So on structures, it's dealing above average damage significantly. So I can't remember what the average HP of a and house is.
1: Well, considering that every single structure in D D has resistance to pretty much every type of damage. Mm. Presumably, and an AC of ten. Presumably, like a wall has. I'm gonna rough it out to like eighty HP. <laughs> hmm. All right. Maybe a hundred if you're lucky.
0: Yeah. Well, in that case, that's that's quite a bit of damage, and a Garistro could tear through the big important thing in a turn or two. Obviously, like if it's a plot important tower, feel free to pad that HP out. Yeah. However you'd like.
1: Yeah, I'm sure a barrack, like a like ten foot thick stone wall, probably isn't. Yeah. Save,
0: but. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, so like that is the the central encounter idea that I have is like, oh, we've got to we've got to save the 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 orphan hospital uh, and the Garistro is on the other side of town and it's knocking us over the entire time. We've got to find some way to protect the thing. It's very like it's like into the breach. Uh that, that, that my my favoriteist game. <laughs> uh and then all along the way, you know, the the Garistro is shrugging off spells and, you know, resilient to being like knocked aside from, from blast casters and, you know, to some extent being not not necessarily resistant to being banished, but, like, resistant to, you know, being charmed and all that sort of thing, and it becomes, like, how do we make this big, big fucking thing just not for a <laughs> bit, uh, which is kind of an interesting question, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that I, I think that the more you can try to use the Garistro within this context, the better the fight will be. Because I feel like as a straight fight, you're just gonna, like, knock over your party a lot. (laughs) And it might not be the most fun thing while the caster does nothing in the background. I think that, you know, having this extra angle of there's a time limit brought to you by the the Gristro's speed and damage capabilities, I think there's more fun to be had in this, like, Superman-esque struggle where it's not really, you know, the point is not to survive this, the point is to save Metropolis.
1: Isn't that? Did I do that pull? Yeah, during you this did that episode? pull the first time. Is that the, this one?
0: No, it wasn't this one. It was last time you did the Superman Returns video game thing. Yeah, a, yeah,
1: for the three hundred and sixty, where yeah, you have a health bar that is the city, the city's not your health bar, and not Superman. You're just Superman. Yeah,
0: which like makes <laughs> sense. And like, I I, li- I like having this be the stakes as opposed to just the person's dying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for for once, the wizard is not in danger. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's that's funny, because, like, I hadn't even considered, like, how much damage does this do to the wizard? Because I'm so focused on how fast can it destroy houses. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and I think
0: that's the idea. And, of course, like, you know, as as a straight-up fight, I'm sure it's fine. Like, these charge monsters are kind of cool, especially because there's some fun to be had about, like, you know, it's knocking things prone and also quite fast, so it's difficult even to, like, run up to it, which, you know, it can be kind of fun. And, like, pursuant to that... If you happen to be fighting it in a dungeon ass dungeon, you know, there can be traps all over, there can be dead ends and ways to perhaps like corner this Minotaur to lock it down. But I think the the real fun, the real the the real, the real good mumbo magic <laughs> uh, would be in in doing like a, a larger Godzilla-esque encounter, a superman-esque encounter, where the point is the the safety of the
1: city. Yeah, for sure. Also, for some clarity, I looked up uh how easy it is for a Gristro to destroy, just like a house. Mm -hmm. Um, A resilient, quote-unquote, because the DMG apparently has rules for this, a resilient home. Each wall only has 27 hit points. So a whole house, uh, roof, square footage, a whole house ends up with the roof and it is reinforced with about 167 hit points, which is one full round of Gristro attacks... With the z- <laughs> or the charge, with the siege monster, it just kind of <sighs> a house every turn. It's kind of neat. It's kind of neat. <laughs> I like it. I like that it's just
0: like one house, because one yeah. house is like conceivable, right? Mm. Like if it just tore through a city block, there'd be like whatever. But if it's just one house, like a like twenty
1: that... foot tall monster getting one house.
0: Yeah. yeah. Plus, like if it's in a village that the the party is familiar with, that could be Steve the blacksmith's house. That could be Farmer Steve's farm. Fuck. And then oh no, they they hurt Steve, this person <laughs> that I've spent so many hours of my life saving. It's not just like a house, it is Steve's house. Or yeah. you know, the blacksmith's smith.
1: Yeah. I think
0: that uh I like that best.
1: As opposed to like it does a charge and it and gets it just, through six houses in yeah, a row. And like a line like, of houses.
0: Like, yeah, and then they're they're just a statistic. <laughs> <laughs> the year is twenty seventy seven mega Easy. corporations. Like, no, we said we
1: weren't gonna be. Alright.
0: Alright. But that's that's the general idea. Uh, I do like, I do like, I like me a Minotaur. Um, I like this Minotaur. Uh, I'm a little bit sad that we had to do this before actual Minotaurs because now I feel like, well, actual Minotaurs will be far enough in the future that we'll be like, ah.
1: Eh! They're far enough in the future, and I think Minotaurs by themselves have more of a culture than Garistros have, right? So
0: yeah. I'm sure there'll yeah. be more
1: to talk about. Yeah, with there'll them. be more lore, Yeah. which is cool. Yeah, it's a good boy.
0: I like the boy. I agree. The boy is good. Buffy boy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Tooth and Nail, a monstrous podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or uh, our janky podcast host that will surely nuts. <laughs> <not>. slide whistle.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: if, you, if you super duper enjoyed us, feel free to look us up on nerdsmith.org where you can subscribe to us, giving us money in exchange for some stuff from us, and then also some stuff from the entirety of NerdSmith. Which leads me to my next option. If you hate us, uh, and you don't want to listen to our voices anymore, and you think that our opinions are bad, and that we're bad people, feel free to take a look at nerdsmith.org, where surely something will satisfy your inscrutable lusts. (laughs) No, by which I mean there's a, a whole bevy of content... Uh, and enjoyable things to find on that site. Uh and if you didn't like us, feel free to give those other guys a shot because they're much better than us.
1: <laughs> They've been at it. Yeah. They've been, They've been in this game They've for 17 th- years. <laughs> you're a loose cannon. We just got here and we're just causing
0: a muck. Yeah. Um so yeah, so do that. In the meantime, what's our creature comfort for this one? I can't remember what it was oh, the first fuck, time. You're right.
1: I totally forgot too. <laughs> Which
0: means that like we get to come up anew. Uh Just reinforce your house. (laughs) Just get, put some, like, put some bars on your windows. Get it, like, get, put some, some, uh, planks. Get planks. I was just going
1: to say lock your doors
0: and be safe, but. (laughs) Shore up your defenses. Treat
1: treat it like a zombie apocalypse?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Get a, just buy a bunch of planks. Buy a safe. Yeah, the planks will do it. You don't need a safe. Just planks. Uh, Okay. Mm. Have a good day. Bye.